Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and this week's episode, no guest, uh, no Cookie Chronicles either. Uh, Tia is hard working hard at uh, building Lady Haven. A couple of revamps there I was actually helping her with over the weekend. She's actually doing the flash sale as well. So make sure you're going and checking out the Lady Haven page as well as following her on all social media platforms so we can support her and help lift her up in this uh this fashion business that she's building and continue to just be amazing at. So uh she's took the week off again this week to kind of focus on that. We did have an episode of Love Lust and Badass Soul. If you want to hear us together on that one, hilarious episode. But nonetheless, I didn't even introduce myself. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. And uh again, this week's episode, we got the end of mind of Hayes segment. We got a special segment that I think I'm waiting to see how this one's gonna be received. This one's about uh, look at it as a follow-up as to um, getting out of the way of your own happiness. Um, it's kind of, it, so it involves happiness as well, but this time we're going to kind of talk about it from a different angle that we don't usually think of the aspect of happiness in. At the, go ahead and follow us at Awaken Soul Pod. Make sure you follow me as well at CEO Hayes. Uh, so you can uh, send us emails, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. If you hear anything over this episode that you want to respond to, uh, or reach out to me about make sure you're using uh, those platforms to do so in I'm very engaging uh, it's no one can say that they reached out to me about topics and I haven't gotten back to them so make sure you guys are doing all that on I'm very good on that uh, that's part of the reason why we've grown the way we have over the last three years is because our audience is amazing I engage them they engage me and I have one of the most emotionally intelligent audiences in all of media I said that not just podcasting and all of media uh, but that's enough prefacing. That is enough of the opener. Let's go ahead. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. We're going to get into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. I'll see you guys after this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. to the end of my hay segment um this week we it's really politic heavy um and i've warned you guys before that we are going to be getting into more and more politics leading up to this election let me just say before we do anything vote people vote it's important that you guys show up if you're doing uh remote voting or by absentee va- ballot make sure you do that for the people who showed up so far to do their early voting Hats off to you guys. Make sure you guys go out and vote. This is one of the more important elections that we've had. This is like one of those elections of a of a generation. We'll never have another one quite like this. Or if we do, we live in dark and crazy ass times or maybe as dark as my mind. So make sure you guys going out and voting. 
Um, and it's, things are getting funny with voting. Like, I don't know if you guys, like, there's there was a post office, and I forget the city off the top of my head right now, forgive me, um, that the post office burned down. Now they're trying to figure out if there were any absentee ballots there. So make sure you guys are doing everything you can. If you do have an absentee ballot, you can search. Uh, you can research it online and make sure that it was received and in good standing. Make sure you're doing that because if it's not, you may have to. I don't know if you can request another one. I don't know how that one works if it disappears or whatever. Um, it gets damaged and it's not acceptable. But if you're you don't see that it that it's been counted, make sure you show up in person and get that vote done. I can't stress that enough. Um, but let's get into the idiots for this week. No, they're not. They're not really idiots. The first one that I want to talk about uh, is Christy Alley, who um came under fire for having a tweet uh, that said that she's going to be voting for Trump because Trump is not a politician. And while the social media backlash to this was kind of understandably over the top, she got hit with some stuff. Like some people were very, you know, they, they responded in ways that were funny while also uh, letting her know how silly she was for that comment. But there were also some people who got, did get nasty about it or whatever, but let's focus on this. When Trump was first running, there were a lot, there were a lot of people who because he wasn't a politician who had who shared that same sentiment. But at this point now, I believe that we are well past whether he's a politician or not. Guess what? He's the president. He's a fucking politician. If you look at how he's maneuvered, he is he is now a politician. If that was your thing when he first started running, that's that's over with. That's gone. Uh that you can, you can no longer say that. And not only and, and you know where it becomes thing where it becomes dangerous for some people or where some people take issue with it is not just the fact is he a politician or not but it's some of the stuff that he spews out his mouth and the way that he carries himself and the, and and everything going on like it's what he elicits in people in the division I, if you label him a politician or not the divisiveness that he causes is problematic even in his own party um there was a republican to speak out on, on donald trump recently Again, I'm at a loss for the name right now uh, because that wasn't what I was prepared to talk about in this segment. But he, Donald Trump is a divisive person. I think even Trump supporters can realize how divisive he is among the general population. And if they can't, they can't. But um, so the thing with with people saying the whole he's not a politician thing um, and we, we Christy Alley said it. But like I said, this was this was something that people really did focus on and believe in uh, why they used a reason for his support uh, when he initially ran. So I think that we need to highlight that, uh, focus on that as well, that he is a politician. I don't like hearing that anymore. But let's get into the thing that I think my audience um, may be ready to talk about. Or has, I know has been talking about since it happened. And now this news came down, um, I think it was just Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was more so Wednesday, maybe even t- late Tuesday night. Um, and that is Ice Cube working with Trump on the platinum plan. Um, and the immediate backlash that came out at the moment that this was announced, he was selling out. Um, he, he got pulled in everything like that. And here's where we're going to separate. This is going to be one of those topics that I talk about where I'm separating my thoughts from it, from the facts. I want to make sure, because I have, I have a personal conspiracy theory on this that I'm going to share here, but I want to focus on the facts first. So Ice Cube has come out since then. On Friday, he had an interview with Chris Cuomo in which he said that both sides were, reached out to him. Biden's side said, wait till after the election. Trump's people said, no, come out now. Let's talk about it. Ice Cube said in that same interview, he's willing to work with, with both sides, that his focus is on black Americans, the descendant of slaves, not just minorities. Um, and he's all, he also had a 12-part plan before. Uh, he said that the, some of the stuff that he had in the conversation that Trump is going to include in this platinum plan, which is focused on uh, policing, um, housing, uh, schools uh, who aren't getting the resources they were in, in black communities. Now, this platinum plan, to my knowledge, wasn't originally focused on just the black community. Now, Trump has apparently wants to rework it. That's part of why Ice Cube came in it. Um, and so those are kind of the facts of it. That's the platinum plan. That's what Ice Cube has said ab- about it, of what his intention was for meeting with Trump. And I'm sure both sides have reached out to him. Um, and if he's saying that he's not on Trump's side, he's not. He cause, And he said it. He said it in this interview. He doesn't trust neither side because politicians lie. This is something that you're going to keep hearing over the course of this from a lot. I feel like a lot of black celebrities kind of save face. And I'm not saying that's what Ice Cube is doing. I'm, I'm just 
giving my opinion on something. I, I think that they are using that. Well, we don't trust any politicians. We had Diddy who's come out and said that he's going to start his own, uh, his own political party, which if you trust Diddy with anything with politics, you're a fucking idiot in my opinion. That's one of the things I am going to give a harsh opinion for. Diddy has mismanaged, and this is, RBR Day said this, mismanaged so many artists. She, she said every artist, but so many artists over the course of it. And him and Donald Trump reportedly may be friends. So there's some concern there with me with, with Diddy. But I didn't put it on the topic list because really don't have much to say it outside of that. If you're trusting Diddy to lead and start a political party, and it, no. Just for me, it's a no dog. Um, but to focus on this ice cube thing, you know, he said that he doesn't trust either side, which I understand. Uh, politicians do say stuff, especially, you know, we talked about it in the live stream we did after the vice presidential debate with Rhonda Mary, how politicians do every politician. I don't care what side of the coin you're on. Every politician says certain things or makes it seem like certain things will be delivered for sure. Like there's not a Supreme Court. Like there's not a Congress that things have to go through. So they make these promises that then ultimately may not happen. And then they point to, well, that's the way politics works. So keep in mind, like that's every politician. So I'm not trying to target any one person with that. But politicians do lie. Um, and Ice Cube was smart to say that. Now, here's where my opinion and a brief conspiracy theory comes out with this. So my opinion before the conspiracy theory is that what does it look like for Trump, who refused to denounce white supremacy, to then partner with the man who was in a group that that at one point was completely anti-establishment and had the song a song called "Fuck the Police." Just what does that do to 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 make it look like he is attempting to be better? I think Trump is so disconnected with what the black community actually needs, or even I've said it before, he's a classist. So even even poor people in general, what they need that it's ridiculous. And I don't think that that's going to come in the next four years. If he is reelected, I don't care if he partners with, with ice cube, um, like every black person in America, I almost said Tupac Shakur, but that was just me being dramatic. But seriously, what Trump is disconnected in my opinion from those communities completely. He has no idea. I don't even know if he cares to understand the whole racism aspect. And he does cater to white supremacists, all that shit. That is my opinion on it. So for him to get to get somebody in, we saw what he, how he rolled Kanye and helped use Kanye to a certain degree. Um, and now to do it with Ice Cube as well, a elder statesman in this community, in the culture, and what they mean to people. Hell, my son, Xavier's middle name is O'Shea. Keep that in fucking mind. After Ice Cube. So I, I get it. That's what we know what Ice Cube has meant to us as black people. Here's where my conspiracy theory comes in at. And you may think that Hayes is putting on his tinfoil hat, and maybe I am. But something that's kind of missed in all this. Not too long ago, Ice Cube was part of a team that tried to purchase a bunch of television, uh, sports television networks. That was reportedly blocked. It goes back to kind of the thing that, that they said, used with Bill Cosby, him trying to buy, I believe it was NBC at one time. But let's let's again, let me not go down the complete rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. But Ice Cube was trying to buy or a part of a group that was trying to buy a bunch of of uh, I think they were owned one time by um by the owner of the Yankees. I'm not sure what that network of 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 sports channels is called, but they were trying to buy pieces of that to create their own network. That didn't happen. It was blocked to a certain degree. It's been really quiet for like the past year or more since that's happened. And now you decide to work possibly with the, the Trump administration. I'm sorry. I, like I said, I'm not one to, to shy away from admitting that I may have a tinfoil hat on. But sometimes, guess what? We need to have fucking tinfoil hats on to stay alert and to put the pieces together of shit. So, again, I'm not saying that that's for sure what's happening. Again, I want to separate what I'm saying is fact and what is my opinion and a conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm separating three times where I usually separated two, two times for you guys. But I truly, in my heart, do believe that there's something there with that. That's what I am choosing to believe. That is what I believe in my heart. That was one of the first things that came up to my mind when that came up is that Ice Cube and his big three, I don't know if it's called the Big Three Network, were trying to purchase stations. TV channels to have kind of a, a, a black owned 
television network. It was blocked for whatever reason. And then now, all of a sudden, you're, again, I know it was a year between, but now you're deciding to work with the Trump administration. Huh. I wonder what Ice Cube could benefit or how he can benefit from partnering with the Trump administration. I don't make it up, people. Do your own research and see if you think that I'm just pulling your leg or my like. And let me know how you feel. Again, I want you guys to reach out to me. Let me know how you feel about this. If you think I'm way off base, that's fine. I I'm I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong for having to share my opinion or being against my opinion. But that's what my mind went to with this. And I would not be surprised if a year or two down the road, year, year and a half or whatever, once the world starts opening back up, Big Three may be back up and running, whatever's going on, maybe more sports are back on, may have a vaccine for coronavirus, things are going away. And then if this is announced, again, to leave some space between now and the controversy, I'll be back to talk about it then, too. I'll be back. And I'm not just saying that to be an ulterior um, media person, but that's just my opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think about it. I, I would love to hear you guys' opinion on this, truly. Um, but that's it for this segment of The Awakened Soul. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into another break. You're going to hear an ad from a podcast and some music. When we come back, we are going to get into the main topic discussion for this week's episode. I'll see you guys. What's there. up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast. podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposite. All right, this is going to be, this week's episode is going to be a fairly short one. Let me just say, um, because I think this topic is going to be a lot of information, um, but I think ultimately it's 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 just to offer a difference of opinion. So like them to, to just go down kind of not the rabbit hole of my thought process on this. Um, I've released, I had like little at home, you know, I'm a photographer, so I did like a mini photo shoot for myself. Um, in this outfit I love. I did it too. I did it in successive days and it's Friday and Saturday and posted them. And I got a lot of thoughts, uh, a lot of comments about you really look happy. Um, shout out to, to, to Toya, uh, who was like, happiness looks good on you. Um, and I appreciate that. I think I'm, I've said it before. I'm in one of the happiest stages of my life, both creatively, professionally, personally, like I have been it's it's been a great great time period i um got some news about doing some video editing uh for people uh my photography stuff is taking off and i've just been in a, a really good and positive mood overall and so in this i started thinking like it naturally came to me and you know i was i was you know preparing kind of for the episode preparing to record and this thing kept kept popping in my mind right happiness over everything like we hear that all the time i've said it before happiness over everything um prioritizing your peace all that and those things aren't negative at all like prior you should prioritize your peace if something that affects your peace too much it has to go let me make sure i make that clear but thinking about just the word happiness and how happiness is like this endorphin right that takes over we start feeling great when we're, as hell when we're happy right you start feeling good food starts tasting better uh you you start getting you have more energy throughout the day then there's all this positivity when we're in this pursuit of happiness or in this mindset of happiness over everything. And so it, it just really started sticking with me. And then I thought, started thinking about, well, what's the dark side of happiness, if there's any? So I started doing, doing some research on this. And there's actually been whole 
like psychologists have written whole papers on like the downsides and and possible dark, the dark side of happiness. And I wanted to talk about this with my audience because I don't think this is anything that we ever really consider. Definitely, I've never heard it talked about in any form of media, podcast, TV, anything. So you know, if this has been talked about. Hats off to whoever whoever did this first, because I don't think I'm never the one to think that I'm breaking completely new ground with a topic. Like I said, this has been research has been done on this. I just don't know if it's been put out in this type of format for people to talk to. So I really want to talk about it, that the, the dark sides of happiness. So and this is not to say we shouldn't be happy. This is not to say you should do things that necessarily are meant to make you unhappy. We'll break it down as we keep talking about it. Maybe you guys will see where I'm going with it, because I know somebody just says the dark side of happiness. It starts sounding like. We're trying to tell people to be unhappy. That's not what we're doing at all here. But I did want to focus on on some of the stuff here and just talk about it. So, hey, the first thing that we when we talk about, like I said, I'm naming this this segment happiness over everything and why that may be a bad thing. Just specifically happiness over everything. And I know what people mean by that, but there are some people who prioritize making sure like chasing after that being happy so much that sometimes they don't care what gets in the way because they're caught up in happiness over everything so let's break it down and talk about it first thing the thing that um, that is that is bare bones about it is that uh and the, and the shout out to it's dr gruber who did who did research on this and has a paper that's focused around how happiness ha- can have a dark side so do your own uh on your own research on it and if you guys want to kind of break it down fully because I'm just going to get on, I'm going to touch on some overarching things. If you want to break it down even deeper, you guys need to do some of this, uh, some of this reading on this also because it's, it gets deep. But the first thing about it, too much of a good thing. Too much of anything can be bad. Anything. There is not one thing that you could point to that too much of it can't be bad if it's not maintained or handled or balanced out. One thing that I can think about for real, we're, our bodies are mostly made of water. But if you drink too much water, you can die from water intoxication. Too much working out, working out, getting in shape, fitness is all great things. But if you're so caught up in that, I need to be fit, I need to be fit, I need to be fit, I need to work out, and not giving your joints time to heal, right, or or rebound from certain workouts, you can do very serious long-term damage to your body by that pursuit of too much fitness in a way, if you're not really maintaining it and you're not eating a certain way, if you're not working out different parts of the body on different days, you can really do damage to your body. You can have that negative effect. It gets to a point to where it helps you and then it can get to a point to where it can be bad for you. So that thing, that idea and those thoughts, those also can be applied for happiness. Let's let's get on the first topic that I want to talk about with why happiness can be too much of a bad thing. First thing, intensity. When you think about somebody, uh, the word intense, right? It means something being extreme or too strong. In this case, being too happy or too positive can be an intense level of happiness. A person who is extremely happy and are always wanting to be happy may not be completely in touch with reality. They may have a disconnect with how they associate things with the world or they may ignore downright ignore certain things just so they can always stay in that place of being in a happy mindset. It's a disengagement from reality if you think or try to act as if everything is happy. And I get the people who are like, I always want to stay in a good mood. I'm not saying be in a bad mood. We're specifically talking about not allowing yourself to feel any type of emotion other than happiness. Again, the thought, the concept that I'm coming up with this, happiness over everything. That mindset, if you have that dis connection with reality and with your own emotions with processing negative emotions and negative things that happen to you it can cause dysfunction in complete areas of your life again no one is saying that you should search out things that make you unhappy but you can't shy away from unpleasant experiences just because they force you out of that unhappy out of that happy area or happy zone because that helps bring that balance that helps you grow right If you've always focused, if you shy away from anything that may be unpleasant, just to focus on just the things that make you happy, right? For example, to bring the analogy, I love food, bring the analogy back to food. If you are only eating candy because that is, you love that sweet tooth, that is all you eat, what type of damage is that going to do to your body? 
you have to incorporate other things and be able to allow your body to process other things. Same thing emotionally with happiness. You have to allow your body to learn well, your emotions in this case and your and your psyche and your mind to learn and grow from other experiences other than just happiness. We have to I always say and I think I said this on a, on a former episode some to grow sometimes is uncomfortable and not very many people are happy in being uncomfortable. So, again, you can't put happiness over everything in that case. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Secondly, happiness, the, the timing of happiness. Happiness can lead to, to negative outcomes in certain situations. If it's, well, when experienced in all situations, if you find yourself happy in every single situation, right? Again, that goes back to that disconnect with reality. There's a right time to feel happy. As much as that sucks to say, there is also a time to experience negative emotions because we have to allow ourselves to experience that happy, that negative emotions so that we can appreciate the happy times more. Again, I know people are probably hearing this and like, what? Where are you going, Hayes? Again, this is from that standpoint of thinking happiness over everything. Again, the pursuit of happiness. So when you think about pursuing happiness, right, you think about you, the need to just want to be happy or the fact that you should be happier. But there are times where you can that, that, that if you're not allowing yourself to process, if you're not allowing yourself, if you're constantly chasing after just being happy in the in, by, and by doing that, you're ignoring other aspects of your life. Shit, paying rent isn't fucking happy. I'm not happy when I fucking pay rent. But imagine if if because that didn't make you happy. Or, or for example, your job. And I'm, again, this is not to say stay in a job that you're not happy in. We should constantly, like, try to constantly improve and be happy in what we do. But let's say that you just avoid, you just quit your job because you're not happy with it. How are you going to pay your bills? What negative impact can come of that if you're just focusing on the pursuit of happiness? I know you may say, well, that doesn't sound rational, Cordero. Who may do that? Listen. I know some people, and I'm not going to call out any names, that just because they weren't happy with what they were doing, completely just stopped going to work and waited for the job to fire them. They didn't get unemployment. They didn't really have a backup plan, and their life ended up getting thrown in turmoil because you just let yourself walk out on a job, basically, just because you didn't like it, rather than come up with a plan to work through that unhappiness to get a job that you like better. Studies have actually shown that access levels of emotions of the happiness emotion can lead to states of mental unhealth a person and this is going back to dr gruber's research and also scott crabtree if you guys want to look it up um says that a person who is extremely happy has a disengagement and then and then participates in in risky behaviors in that chase of happiness to avoid anything that be un that that's unhappy to them. Also, it's, it's about how you relate with people. The pursuit of constantly being happy and only happy and focusing on happiness over everything. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep reissuing that um, can lead to a fear of being unhappy, which then leads you to not be able to interact or relate with people around you. Again, that goes back to that disconnect. That can affect the way that 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 you respond or elicit reactions from others because of that disconnect that you can be in your mind. And it does not allow your your brain. Think about it this way. Our bodies are trained and our minds for that flight or flight experience. Right. 
If you don't allow yourself to, to feel both of those emotions, if you don't focus on it, it doesn't allow your body and mind time to prepare for that fight or flight situation because you're just socially always expressing and only focusing on happiness, then when something does come along that's fear, you may not have the you you may not be able to react in a way that 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 situation necessitates because you've only trained yourself to be happiness over everything. And when we go back to the pursuit of happiness idea, I'm talking about the fact of when people are desperate to pursue only happiness, when they try too hard to become happy, when they when they try to basically, again, to go back to that candy analogy, to only have candy for breakfast and how that eventually works against you in the long run. This is a paradoxical situation in which that pursuit of happiness comes with an expectation of what happiness looks like. But not every situation, if you hold yourself to only that standard, how are you going to achieve happiness or stay in it if you don't allow yourself to have this, this to get out of this self-defeating mindset? And by self-defeating, I mean that if anything that affects your, your that affects your, is a little bit, again, we're not going to say, we're not trying to say, search out things that are unhappy. We're not saying that. We're saying if you can't, in that pursuit of happiness, in that happiness over, of, over everything mindset, you you look at anything that is not that perfect ideal of happiness in your mind to to make it feel like you've been defeated you're self defeating yourself whereas it's something it's a balance you have to you have to even it out and it has to be an even way of which you process that emotion and the, that feeling again we're going to talk about how happiness um happiness being a negative i got three perf examples that i want to highlight here on happiness being a negative you pay less attention to details. Through less attention to details when you focus on just the things that make you happy. And in this example, um, in this research, they found that they, they tested kids between six and seven and again, kids between 10 and 11 and found that extreme happiness had an effect and dis or actually disoriented. Uh, it took the kids off their game in detail oriented tasks. Again, because you're missing that gray area. Again, it can make you less creative. Sometimes as creatives, especially, and I've said this before with me, is that if you only focus on the positive emotions, you can only create a certain thing based off those emotions. You have to allow yourself to feel the full gamut of emotions when you're creative because all that affects your creativity. So when you focus on only happiness over everything, it actually makes you less creative because you have boxing yourself in your mind over only using these certain criteria, these certain triggers. I guess triggers is kind of used as a as a as a as a negative way. But in this case, I don't mean a negative, but you're only allowing yourself to to process through the things that trigger happiness with inside you. So then it does make you less creative because you're painting yourself in a box. It's a happiness box. But again, life isn't just all that. So when you when you when you focus or you try to maintain that ex that area of extreme happiness, your brain zone in on those physical manifestations of happiness and only in enjoying that happy moment instead of problem solving. So you're not really solving the actual problem. And that's part of what makes you less creative in your in, in your processing when you when you focus on extreme happiness or try to stay in that place of extreme happiness. Because you, because th that is limited, like your your brain will no longer associate or, or identify the problem, the areas that need problem solving, because you just focus on one specific outcome. Also, one other thing, the last thing I said, we got three things. It also allows you to not well when you focus on extreme happiness and staying in that place of extreme happiness, it keeps you from taking certain risks. That happiness becomes so the focus. so the focus and you you focus on just that day-to-day -day routine it get, becomes a routine of just the things that make you happy again to go to go back to the food analogy let's say the foods that that you love the most are candy apple pie <laughs> just and ice cream let's just say it's those things right so while you have a list of things that you can go to and i'm just using that as an example but if you only focus on those things, 
you are missing so many other nutrients that your that your body needs. Same thing with your mental and emotional health when it comes to happiness. If you are only focusing on the things that will sustain your happiness, you become less adventurous. You become le- le- less willing to try new things. You become less willing to go out on an adventure because it may affect that happiness. Now, some people do get happiness strictly over adventures and thrill seekers and all that. That's a whole different ball game to break down. But it's it's just interesting, interesting on how that works. So, you know, I like to always give two sides of everything. So I identified throughout this the problems of focusing on happiness over everything or a.k.a. extreme happiness. Let's focus on the tips of how you can avoid this. And it, it's it's it kind of sucks, right, for me to be giving tips on how to avoid only focusing on extreme happiness. But hopefully this hasn't lost anyone throughout talking about this. But number one, accept your current level of happiness. Remember that we benefit from negative emotions just as much as we benefit from positive emotions. You you and I've 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 had a saying before that I think pissed some people off or whatever. But like I've always said, I can use hate thrown my way just as much as I can use um, kudos getting thrown my way. You have to learn to adapt and to use those because that's going to help you paint with that fuller brush, that fuller spectrum that we talked about before. Number two, savor your experiences, but don't live within those experiences. So savor them, have fun with them, enjoy them. Let it completely engulf you during the time that that you're experiencing it and thinking about it. But don't try to live in that in that experience forever. Don't try to maintain. This is again, I guess when people say maintain a vibe, don't try to maintain that every single day through and through, because that is going to affect you in the long run. Number three, engage in happy happiness related activities. Find activities that boost your well-being. Instead of chasing after the happiness, so find things that help boost up how you're feeling, boost you up, make you feel more happy throughout the day. But don't focus on just that that very narrow things of things that just make us perfectly happy because it affects us. So that's it. That's what I got. Again, this is uh, it was such a, a topic that came over me and then like researching and, and looking over it. It was just like, wow, this is really, really interesting that happiness can have a dark side. Um, if you guys have ever experienced the dark side of happiness, uh let, let let me know i'm still thinking about it. i think i may may do a brief follow-up just to know how people take this and feel about it because it is something that it's we have to map our moods you have to learn how to process the moods and live within those and like how they benefit you but if you try to avoid other moods to just focus on just happiness extreme happiness it can affect you negatively that's just a thought. Um, I, I like I like bringing, especially when it's something that I myself has never thought about or really and just get super interested in. It, I like to bring it to you guys. Um, yeah, let me know how you guys think about it. Let me know how you guys feel about this topic. If you feel I'm completely off base, if this is like completely like flabbergasted you, let me know how you guys feel about it, because I really would enjoy to hear that. Um, you guys know where you can follow me. Uh, at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can send uh, any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear you guys. I can't wait to Dan hears this episode, by the way, because Dan, <laughs> how he talks about it, like, I wonder if he'll, like, listen to this and be like, nigga, you, is you really talking about a dark side of happiness? Nigga, I, I want that. Like, it would just be interesting to see how Dan, um, Dan feels about that. Just a couple behind-the-scenes things of what's going on here uh, before we go completely home with the Awakened Soul. Um, short film is still being worked on. Uh, the creative has always been the first one that I wanted to release, even before the one that I worked on with my daughter. So that one's kind of hamming everything up. I have like this. I re- so I I so my filmmaking journey, right? Let's after we, I guess we're done with the high concept stuff. Let's just let's just have a, a moment with me and my listeners to just walk through stuff. So like at, through my filmmaking journey, right? I've learned new techniques throughout all, throughout all of this. So like. I'll, I'll I'll admit. Let me just pull like myself and maybe and maybe this is the perfectionist in me, right? Is that there is there has been a version of the creative, my first short film, done for probably six months, and then I got a new camera uh, within that time, and then like I wanted to refilm some stuff with the new camera, and then I realized like the stuff that I the new stuff that I filmed, what 
like looked so much better than the old stuff that it was kind of dis like it just it threw me off. I didn't. I, people may not even realize it once everything's done and exported and uploaded and compressed on the internet. But then I was like, all right, let me just let me scratch all this and it and so to hold myself to that, I deleted the whole original the creative to kind of focus on what I wanted to do. And then through that, I've learned like new techniques and filming techniques and just um like skills that I've learned. And it's, it's so funny to hear that I'm doing all this for a movie. Uh, well, a short film that is literally probably when it's all said and done, going to be less than eight minutes long. Um, now it's way more footage than that film. Let me just tell you that it's probably three to four times as much footage as that film, uh, than what's going to actually be make the film. But like, and th then, so like I wanted to, to use these new techniques and to do it, I had to refilm even more scenes that I originally filmed with the, with the new camera. So, like, ultimately, I think, like, yes, I am a perfectionist. And if I allow myself to keep tinkering with it, it's never going to come out. It's going to be like detox with Dr. Dre. It's never going to fucking come out if I keep doing it. So, like, I need to set a date. I thought about setting the date for, by my birthday. Originally, I was going to try to set it um, by the end of this month, I believe. But then I, you know, I got a new computer. It's kind of streamline my workflow which then is like oh no i can do this 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 special little tweaks that i want to do with it but i think I, I may set my birthday as the release date and you know you first of all i hate not making release dates like i'm so time anal it's ridiculous so I, if i set it i know if i set it and i put it out there as like an official this is just me talking through my mind so this does not count anyone who wants to try to hold this against me this does not count as me putting a date to it but if i was to for example, start promoting to say the creative will be out December 5th by my birthday, which is a Saturday, I believe. I know that I'm going to make sure that it gets done. So I don't know if I want to set it by that date. We're so close to the beginning of next year. Maybe I want to kick off because I really want to do several short films over the course of 2021. So maybe I just hold it and then launch it there. Let me know what you guys think. I know for the ones who've been hearing me talk about the creative this whole time, like, Damn, when is this coming out? You've been talking about this short film forever. Um, so really, I need to just do it, man. I need to just do it. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, especially like because my photography's taken back off again, uh, almost to where it was pre-COVID. Um, and then like I've recently gotten to like this filmmaking group and like discussions with them, and like it just it's caused me to get in my head a little bit, but it's also helped refine some of the things that i was working with creatively so it's all mostly good stuff not really a lot of bad stuff um and a lot of it's just me in my own head just wanting things to be absolutely perfect like i remember one scene in the creative like um the, the lighting was just a little bit too hot like legit just a tad bit too high and I scrapped all, all that footage from that scene, that whole couple of, I mean, I say a couple of hours, whole hour or so we were shooting. Um, I scrapped all of that. Um, so, you know, as we were talking about pursuit of happiness or whatever, and, and to come in, I guess now this is like me calling myself the carpet. Like I am and can be a perfectionist um, with things to where the little details about something frustrates me. For example, one of the photos that I released, um, I almost did a touch up on it because like, there's a certain part of my collar that's not quite folded the way. And it, it took everything in me to just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just post the picture. Um, so it's, it's stuff that I'm working through. I just really want this first film because I feel like this, this first film, the creative is a, not only a proof of concept, but it's going to be people's first introduction to Hayes, not the podcaster, not Hayes, the YouTuber, not Hayes, the personality, but Hayes, no, not even Hayes, Cordero Johnson, the filmmaker. And so because of that, I'm just really, really being anal about it. And like JB is a great writer. Me and JB have talked about like do when we do more narrative type films of, of us doing it together because we are the film bros and we both love film. So we, it'd be interesting to see how that continues to evolve. But like, I really, I have a passion. Like I, <laughs> like you guys see how I cut these trailers, like mini trailers, mini movies. Like I really love the cinematic thing. I love the creative process with filmmaking. I love video in general. So like, I really want, I'm really, really anal about this film. And when it, all I'll say is that when it comes out, I really want to know you guys' true feelings about it. So this is just me working through, I guess, because I've been getting a lot of questions about the creative as of late. Um, a lot of questions about it. 
And it's funny because something that I announced so long ago, and it's like the fact that it's still on the forefront, well, let me not say the forefront, but it still comes up to people's mind and ask me about like, hey, what's going on with it? Hey, when we getting it, it really makes me smile. Um, but it's just, it just, it, it, play, it plagues me mentally because that perfection is then it's like, oh, well, these people are waiting on it. I can't fail them. And I hate failing people. Like, so it goes through a whole, a whole thing with me um, and this filmmaking journey that I'm on. But uh, yeah, I'm on it. I promise you the creative is going to come out at the absolute latest. I'm going to force myself to release it January 1st. Maybe it'll be a midnight thing. But outside of that, I promise you guys the creative is coming. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but that's it. I think I just rambled like another additional like five minutes or so on like this filmmaking thing that I'm that I'm working on, and it's it's it honestly it can be stressful, but it's it's not as much stressful as that sounds. It's like damn, you you thinking about it that much? Like it's all of uh, it's all works of passion. Like I love this. So like when I had to delete all the last version of the creative, I didn't feel sorry. Like it, I I wasn't sad about it because I knew that 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 wasn't the best version of what I could create of that anymore so i was fine letting it go um sometimes we have to as creators we have to be okay to let projects go or let things go because we, we can do a better version of it and i don't really mean with, with podcasting because if you constantly deleting and re-recording podcasting something is something is wrong but as far as like this visual media that i'm going into we like yeah yeah that's just my process that's me thinking about it uh yeah i just i just vented like i told you guys this is the uh, podcasting is truly my fucking therapy. Um, so as much as I like love delivering high concept things to you guys and stuff like this, ultimately what I enjoy most of this is my connection with you guys talking on the mic, opening up about my life um, and just going off the top of the dome. Like you guys don't understand how much of as a creative that's freeing that I got to this place of being able to deliver really solid episodes by just sitting in front of the mic and not having to like have these huge lists and topics and bullet points and just talking. I, it took a lot of work to get to this place. Um, I'm really happy with it. I'm really ultimately happy with it. Um, but I think as also one thing that as creatives that we do is like, I think we're always searching for that next best version of whatever it is that we're doing at that time. And sometimes get back into the pursuit of happiness in the pursuit of perfection, you can miss out like miss out on people seeing that journey because there could be someone that if I released that first version of the creative that could have helped them on their filmmaking journey. If they saw that first version, then saw the next thing that I did after that and saw the progression. I'm so busy trying to deliver the first one, the first perfect one out the gate that I could have been something that could have helped other people by seeing, seeing me progress. Maybe I, maybe I, I affected some people that way negatively. Damn. I'm just thinking about that. That, that kind of makes me feel bad for deleting it. Maybe I should have saved it and re-release and released both versions. Damn it! And that could have been a special edition. See, this is this is what I what I work through and think about. All right, that's it. I'm I'm now I'm rambling. Uh, I love each and every one of you guys. I know I say that and end it on every episode. I think I do it on every podcast unintentionally because I really do. I'm someone who three years ago I sat in front of a mic and I and I recorded the first episode of what became the Awakened Soul. And I'm here three year over three years later, still delivering it, still have just as much excitement as I've had that first time. That same stuff I get in my gut, that nervousness I get every time I deliver something to you guys, not out of the sense of is it going to be good or not, but because I like I open up on this thing um, in ways that I'd never do in person. Um, and I really and I, my audience respects me and I respect the audience through and through. Uh, for rocking with me all this time like you guys have. I never, never thought that this starting this podcast would take hell. Loveless and Badass Souls span out from this. The Breaks Radio span out from this podcast. Um, I've done live shows. I've spoken at conferences, at live events, at festivals. Like all this happened because for me because God blessed me with an ability to sit down and talk on a microphone. And I don't take that for granted. Um, God gives you gifts because he trusts what you can do with them. And I pray when it's all said and done that what I've decided to do with this and by doing stuff that's more meaningful with this platform, I hope that it truly touches some people, man. Um, because it, I'm not going to lie, it'd be easy to talk about new, random news items and celebrity news like, 
I know I kind of do it on the end of my hay segment, but it that would be easy. I can deliver 10 episodes a week doing that shit. But the reason why uh, and what I think makes The Awakening so special is that that's never been the meat and bones of this podcast. We may talk about it. We may touch on it, but it's never been the the the, the focus of what we do here. Um, but that's it. That's enough of me being snappy. I'm gone. I love each and every one of you guys. This has been a great experience um, and everything. Uh, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, The Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so 614-547-2039. I love each and every one of you guys. We're the number one podcast in the world, regardless of what some numbers may say. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. I never let you down, I'ma shine on sight Keep your mind on your grind and off of mine's alright right. Hard, I'm a ball, on no squares I float in quarter million dollar cars everywhere I go I know, in the lead it may seem me might be But no matter what they doing, they don't do it like me Like a G, I hold it down for the town I'm at In a flash like that, recognize I'm back Strike a back, catch a fly And moment I decide, that's enough for all your lies Boy, you buzz just died Step inside, super fly, took the shoes and they cool Then exit out with all the bitches like we always do My desire to retire, grow with every new Cause these guys just don't ride like my nigga you too Tight jeans, funny haircuts, dancing on the screen It's a crowd of real niggas in the game, so it seems Just pretend to holler pimp and get a shit of black I, I, Next he say he trapping in my head, I'm like, why? Be yourself, he ain't got a pimp bone in your body I can tell you ain't never bought a kid caught a body Nigga probably just seen Wayne Gucci Mane and Boosie all go to Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.